So we are here in the 16th Perek of the Mesila Isharim, and we're dealing with the Midah of Tahara, purity of heart, pure intentions behind doing what you do, the motivations behind doing what you do. Okay, so go to Perek Ted Zion, you see it? Go to the, I'm gonna read over a drop of the paragraph that was said yesterday. I'm still reading over the Pashat, Pashat shot in Rabbi Miller on this, and then I'm gonna take it to a deeper level. But if you don't have the ground zero and the foundation very clear, then when we get a little fancier, you'll get lost. Okay? So he says like this. So we said yesterday, I'll read it over. Even your physical, uh, materialistic actions that you do, like eating, etc. Even though you already came to the level of precious, which means that you already came to the level to, to only take from the world what you really need, so you're a pretty, pretty high-level guy here. Yeah? You only take from the world what's necessary. It's not enough. You have to still purify your mind and your thought process. That means even when you're eating, you shouldn't eat for the purpose of Pleasure. Your motivation and your intention behind doing what you're doing has to be only for Chochman Avoid. So obviously this is going to be a massive subject because we have to understand why this is so absolutely necessary. But let's first understand what it is. Because that's why we're reading Ryan Miller. Because some can, somebody can mis- make a big mistake and think that you have to live a life that has no pleasure in it at all. So he's going to teach us that, of course, life needs pleasure. It's a necessity, and I'm going to read you some of what he says in a minute. But we're talking about over here intention, motivation, purpose. We're not talking about not having pleasure, okay? So I'm going to read a little bit. But first of all, even though the lotion of the Masils Hashem is that when you eat, you shouldn't eat the food for the pleasure of it, rather for the purpose of avoida, which we'll talk about. But it doesn't only necessarily mean the ulterior motive for eating or not eating or eating whatever you're eating should be the pleasure. But another thing also, look at Reverend Miller. For example, one who is careful to eat with temperance and only eats healthful foods is considered praiseworthy, right? So he's a person who is a parush, right? But he might be doing it because he wants to be recognized as a man of principle. He wants people to know that he's a man of self-control or he has other purposes in mind. That's already a problem with Tyre. Okay, so when I'm, let's say, again, we're talking about over here in the Messiah's Ashara. We're talking about over here a person who's a parush. A parush is a person who's not taking from the world uh, desires. He's eating healthy food of what he needs. Okay? 
but he hasn't reached the level of tahara. One of the reasons why he couldn't, he could be not reaching the level of tahara is because he's eating the food because he enjoys it, let's say. That could be one thing. The other ulterior motive could be something totally different. His ulterior motive for eating what he's eating and not eating junk food and whatever could be totally for a reason that he wants people to think or himself to feel good about himself. That he's a man who has self-control and he wants people to know that he has self-control. He's a man of principle. You know, those type of things, right? Those are all called ulterior motives. Good? Now, let's go now to where we were actually up to in the Mesilai Sharim. We were up to these words. Okay? These are the words we're up to. Uh, yeah. Okay, Indian Sha'amru. See those words? Okay, Indian Sha'amru. Now, he's going to quote a Chazal, which I'm not going to explain to you because it's not for the, this vibe to explain it. But I'll, I'll just tell you the point. It means, okay, Indian Sha'amru, like it says in the Gemara, about Rabbi Eliezer, Shaya Megalet Tefach Umechaset Tefachai. When he was together with his wife, he was Megalet Tefach, he revealed the Tefach, Umechaset Tefachai, and he covered two Tefachs. It's a big machlek, so we're showing what this actually means anyway, but it's not relevant for our vad. And this that he was together with his wife, it was like being, he was being forced by a shade, which again, I'm not going to go into all that. But the bottom line is, The bottom line is, he did certain things, which the purpose of doing those certain things were, that he should not have the wrong kavana when he is with his wife. I mean, he's not doing it for the hanoi, he's doing it for the mitzvah, Okay? It's a very complicated chazal, and it's very complicated to understand it, because there's a million other chazals, and they have to fit. And the Rishonim talking about the Raivah, the Ramban, the Achronim, the Poiskim, and everybody, so, but that's not the subject for this vad. Especially most of you are not married, so it's not really relevant for you. But, bottom line, Masil Sasharim is saying that the point is, he was very careful not to do anything for the motivation and the purpose of pleasure, but rather for the mitzvah, okay? And this is a klal, that we're trying to bring this klal by all things. It's not only with the person being with his wife, it's even by eating and anything else, okay? Now, and everything you do in life, all your materialistic things, sleeping, eating, marriage, you name it, has to be bechol derachecha all your things da'ehu for the purpose of knowing Hashem. And then hui yashachasecha. Good. Now let's read a little bit of Rabbi Miller to get some clarity in the basics. Before we get deep, I want to get basics. If we don't have basics, we can't build a building on something that has no foundation. Got it? Says Rabbi Miller, for example. That means... When a man tries to know Hashem in everything he does. See? There's a new idea here. In your life, 
You have to try to get to know Hashem in everything you do. If you try that, then he gets help from Hashem. And Hashem makes his road in life straight so that he'll be able to succeed in thinking about Hashem in everything he does. The purpose of life, you gotta get this clear, Gabby. The purpose of life is that you should be aware of Hashem constantly. Okay? That's Yirat Shamayim. Yirat Shamayim is that you're aware of Hashem constantly. Okay? That's a very important you say. It's a life's work. Awareness of Hashem. L'chvoidi barasav. Not only are you aware of Hashem, you see the honor of Hashem, and you honor Hashem, meaning your life mission is about being obsessed with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why we have a mitzvah of the halachta bedrochah, that you have to go in the ways of Hashem. What does that mean? If you have a hero, so to speak, we'll make it very simplified, if you have a hero, then you copy him, right? You go in his ways. So basically... Your love for Hashem, your awareness for Hashem, your honor of Hashem makes you want to emulate Him and follow Him. That means your life is about God. Okay? Now most of us, God's not in our life. You follow? Once in a while we get reminded. Usually when we're supposed to remember Him when we daven, but we're spacing out during daven. We're supposed to remember Him when we sit down to learn. But then learning becomes all about the lumpness. It's not about Hashem. So we forget about Him when we learn. When we eat, we for sure don't think about Him. When we're in the dormitory, we for sure don't think about Him. So usually we don't think about Him until we get in trouble. Then we're like, oh, where is He? You know? That's when we wake up. But we're living the opposite of the way we're supposed to live. We're supposed to be aware of Hashem constantly. So, Bechol means if you try to know Hashem in everything you do. Okay? Then, Hashem will help you see Him. It's like a game of hide and seek. I once saw that in Rabbi Nosan Vachvagel Sefer. He said, Hashem is everywhere. But it's like a game of hide and seek. If you seek Him out, then He will reveal Himself to you. Bechol Got that clear? That's our job in life, you know? Yesterday I asked a bunch of Bachram sitting around me. I said, let's say, listening second is a very important one. Let's say, somebody came over to you and said, how do you know there's a God in the world? What would you answer him? Yeah, good question. How do you know there's a God in the world? Let's say it's your own son. You know, in 2023, sons have those kind of questions too. Daddy, you want me to put on tzitzit? You want me to put on tefillin? You want me to, to, to sit by the Shabbos table? You want me to go to shul? And you're busy telling me that this God, 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 God. How do you know? Mi amar lecha. So I said, what would you answer? On the spot. Mata one. Ah. What would you answer? I'm going to tell you how you're going to answer. Okay? You ready? You're listening. How do you know this God in the world? That's the question. Don't give me... the uh, Ramban state. I don't care about the Ramban. I want to know how you know this God in the world. Right? So I'm not looking for Rambans and Rambams. I want to know how you know. Atah. 
Ech ata yodeya. So how do we know that there's a God in the world? How do we know? How mayor? How do we know there's a God in the world? You know how we know there's a God in the world? Because we have a personal relationship with Him. It's called Hashkacha Pratis, in case you haven't know what it's called. That's how Jewish people know the gods in the world. Hashkacha Pratis. That means, take a pen and a paper. Okay, listening, Gabby? Pen and paper. And for two weeks, I want you to record when you do this, your, things that are going on in your life, like you thought something's going to happen, then whatever. Well, I'll give you an example. This morning I went somewhere to a certain shul because I wanted to do something in that shul. Okay? So I went to the shul to look up a safer. Okay? So I went to the shul, but then the shul, which is always open, was locked. Okay? So, eh, surprise. Because of that, I went to another shul. When I got to the other shul, it was also locked. I waited a few minutes, and somebody came and opened it. So I got delayed in my schedule. And then when I came out, I met a man. So you see how Hashem brought me to meet this man? I will never ever meet this man if I didn't have stopped. Shul A didn't work out. Shul B was delayed. I came out of the shul, and I saw this man. And he spoke to me about something, a piece of information I needed, which he told me. And he told me a crazy Devar Torah, which is a big insight. So he gave me two things that I needed. He told me a certain piece of information that I needed. And he told me a Devar Torah, which was fascinating Devar Torah. One day I'll share it with you. Okay? So you see how Hashem is involved in my life? You see? If for two weeks... You will record all these little things that happen in your life that are not, because Teva is always consistent. You know, understand? Teva is consistent. All these little inconsistent things, which and you follow the track, and you see where it led you. Whether good things happen to you, or bad things, or difficult things. Watch where it took you. Watch where your life changed. Then you know that there's a God in your life. You know where I heard this aside from? Huh? One of the great Gedolim. His name is Rebruven Feinstein. You ever heard of him? Rebruven Feinstein, one of the great Gedolim. That means our job is to pay attention to our lives and then we will know that there is a God in the, our world. Okay? You won't have to read any philosophical svarim. You understand? The greatest, greatest, greatest growth comes from your own self and your own life's experience, and you gotta get that. It's the most important thing in the world. Not reading books. It's from yourself. There's a Vilna Gain that says in the end of Mishle, Perak Aleph, I believe, that he says, how do you know, how do you get bitachon? Everybody wants bitachon. Very simple. Have you ever been in trouble in your life before? Nervous, anxious about something? And then Hashem came through for you and it worked out? Yeah, everybody has that. So from your own experience, you could know that you could rely on Hashem. From your own experiences. We have to learn how to pay attention 
to our lives and our experiences. And then we also, part of it is we have to learn how to try to reveal Hashem in our ways constantly, okay? If you don't work on it, then you will never have Hashem in your life. You may have no dast funis. You may know Rambam and Moiri Nevuchim. You may know all fancy books. And you can get up and give a speech. Big speech. And everybody will say, wow, this rabbi is a Talmud Hakam. Wow. That's very nice. Clap, clap. And a token will get you on a train, you know? But if somebody says, how do you know that there's a God in the world? You'll be dumbfounded. Because you never found him. You only know fancy zachim, you know? And then when it comes Lamaisa and you have something going difficult in your life, all of a sudden you're like a godless human being, you know? Or when your typhus come and all of a sudden you can't do nothing to control it. There's no God in your life. You need to train yourself to make him a reality. And part of making him a reality is paying attention to your daily Things that go on. You understand? Daily things that go on. That's Hashem's intervention in your life. And when you get to know Him, you'll be a different person. You got that? But that's what we're saying. Now, says Rabbi Miller, okay, we're still in the ground zero of the sugi. We haven't touched depth yet. Okay? But we need to know the ground zero. You have to go on this path little by little, says Rabbi Miller. Listening good, David? For example, I have two Davids here. David Saida and David Shlomo. So when I say David, I include them both. Oh, David Saka and David Moenzada. Wow, I got a lot of Davids here. Okay, fine. So he says, for example, when you take a walk, think about walking for the purpose of making your body healthy in order to serve Hashem. You see? That's called Bechol Derachech Adeyo. Mekayim a mitzvah. Taking a walk, you should have in the intention, or also the intention, that I'm taking a walk to be healthy to serve Hashem. I brought God into my life. You see? Simple. Eventually this makes you more aware. Even if in the beginning it's just words, but eventually it makes you more aware. Even when you bathe, when you drink water, accustom yourself to add the thought that you're doing these things for the purpose of helping your body in order to, to be able to serve Hashem properly. Think about going to sleep for the purpose of preserving your health in order to get up in the morning to serve Hashem. This doesn't mean, listen good, Rabbi, I have to listen good, Rabbi is saying very chlorazachene. This doesn't mean that you don't also enjoy sleeping. And that you're not, that you aren't primarily fulfilling your desire to sleep. But by adding the idea that Hashem wants you to sleep, because it will enable you to be more capable of serving Him, then this is also becomes a mitzvah to sleep. You see? This is a big yisoyed that Ramchal says in many of his forum. And he basically says a massive yisoyed, which I'll get more into the depth of it as we go into Tyra. But the, but the Ramchal says, listen to this Yisrael, Habayusai, good, listen good to this Yisrael. Ramchal says that any voluntary act that we do is either a mitzvah or an avera. Okay? Which means, 
When you do a mitzvah, it elevates you and it elevates the world. When you do an Avera, it ruins you and it ruins the world. Every voluntary act could be considered a mitzvah or an Avera, not in between. If your kavana, you see how powerful kavana is. I mean, we're, we're just getting started. This so yeah, basically, it's going to be Amkis coming like crazy. So kavana is kriveya, the metzias of the maisa. If your kavana is to eat, to have to be have health to serve Hashem, then that simple maisa turned into a mitzvah. So if it turned into a mitzvah, you grow from it. You get shameless from it. Just like if you put on tefillin, you become greater. If you eat l'shem shemaim, you become greater. It's a mitzvah. If you eat for pleasure, then it's a maisa behema. Maisa behema is avera. Why is it avera? That's what the Ramchal says. It's avera. Why is it avera? Huh? What do you say, Saka? Guy sits down to eat steaks and french fries. Yeah. If he knows that he's a little down, he's a little depressed, and he needs a geschmacker meal to pick him up, so he can go steig and learn and whatever, gets a big mitzvah, steaks and french fries. Big mitzvah. Goes to Elam Haba for it. It's Charon Elam Haba. Becomes a greater person. Wow. Amazing. But if he doesn't need it at all, and he's only going to stuff his face for the pleasure, so you would say, okay, it's a neutral act. Right? Nishkin mitzvah, nishkin avere. But the Ramchal says avere. And he's gonna open up a deep subject for us. What, what the exact explanation of an avere is. And what exactly evil is. What's ra. But basically, if you came to this world for a purpose, and you checked out of the purpose, and you went into a world that's like, as if you have a tr- intrinsic existence outside of service of Hashem, that at that moment, you are taking for yourself a place in this world that you are not a nivra, you're not a created person. You're not an Eved Hashem. You have a place for yourself. Let me try to explain that. It's deep stuff. Okay? If I go to somebody, I take a job by him, right? I take a job by the person. So he doesn't own me. I have a job. I work for him, I do my job, and that's it. He doesn't own me, right? I have space in my life that belongs to me, right? As long as I don't go against the job that he told me to do, right? But I'm a person who has my own life, my own intrinsic life, and then I also work for the guy, whatever he asks me to do, right? Or I could sign up to be an Evet. You know what an Evet is? Evet is, I am yours, I am not mine. I don't have any space that belongs to me. Not space in time, not space in anything. I belong to you. If you want to give me food to eat, I'll eat. You don't want to give me food to eat, I can't eat, you know. I belong to you. So how do you look at service of Hashem? You look at service of Hashem, listen, I have intrinsic existence. I have intrinsic reality. I'm a person. I live in Elam Hazer. I enjoy life. But I have religious responsibilities. That's like my job. So I have to also go to Shachrit. That's my job. When I finish my job in Shachrit, I go back to my own life. My own life. Shmak and breakfast. Oh, now you have to learn. Obligation. That's your job. 
Go work a little, go learn a little bit, right? I'm done with my learning. I finished my obligation. Now I gotta make a living because I wanna make a living. I wanna be rich. I wanna enjoy life, right? Or I say no. I am the Metzius of Eved Hashem. The Metzius of Eved Hashem means he owns every space in my life and everything about me. So that means he governs everything. So if I'm doing it as an Eved for the rabbi, then I'm doing, I'm acting like a Metzuvah V'Oisa. I'm acting like a person who's Metzuvah from Hashem on everything. Of course he wants me to have pleasure too. 100%. And when I'm a young kid like yourselves, he wants me to have a lot of pleasure. He doesn't want you to learn 24 hours a day because then you'll snap. He doesn't want you to do crazy things. He wants you to enjoy. He wants you to play basketball. He wants you to go snowboarding once in a while. He wants you to do these things, of course. You need that. Exercise, eating, talking, schmoozing, jumping. Yeah, you need that, you know. But he wants you to do that. So when I go snowboarding, because snowboarding is geschmack and it'll lift up my spirits and I'll feel great and I'll go with my friends and I'll have chevra and therefore I'll have koiches to learn and to daven. So why are you going snowboarding? Because he wants you to have fun. That's the difference, you see? So when it's he who wants you to have fun and that's why you're having fun, because he wants you to have it, because that's what you need, and that's healthy for you, and he wants you to have that, so you can go and have a geshmaka life, and then be able to learn. Then the nafkamina is, if I do it because I want it, and God, what are you kids? Off time. It's like if I would tell, call a bachor on ben and say, hey, why are you uh, walking around with your white bottom shoes or something like that, huh? Hey, Rabbi, I'm not in school right now. I can do whatever I want. Don't tell me what to do, you know? You don't own me. You know, in your building, I have no choice. I got to pay attention to what you say. Outside your building, I can do what I want, right? Alamak, as they say in English. All right? So that's a problem when it comes to the Rabbinishula, right? So we have to get accustomed. But the Amkis here is, don't think living colder was a stressful life. Because colder was not necessarily taking away your needs. It's just a question of putting the right intention into your needs. You follow? Yes, it will hop enough Kamina because let's say Hashem says you had enough fun and now it's time for you to learn and you want to have still fun because you don't want to learn, that's where it'll make enough Kamina. But it's not like in Hashem's Beholder Achechadayu, He's like causing you to live a life of, of, of extreme stress. In Hashem's world, it's a great, happy, normal, down-to-earth very, very balanced world. You understand? That's the idea. It's late, so we have to stop here. But we'll keep building the sugis. So, because I want the oil to realize that the, the concept of tahara and awareness of Hashem is not something that's out of the realm of human beings like us getting involved in that. Okay? That's important. We'll stop here.